0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. The NGSC Radio Network, in conjunction with the Happy Hour Network, are proud to bring you the only show that matters. With your host, the heartthrob GW Ross, and the future of all sports media, Joe Weedra.
0: Bear witness.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? You are now tuned into the only show that matters. That I am the hard drive G.W. Grosso with me this week to discuss college and NFL stuff. Um, stuffs. I'm so professional. Stuffs. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: college and NFL football talk is my name. The future of all sports media, Joe Weidra, who is on location right now. Joe, you're on the move right now, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I am. Hey, stuff is okay, too, by the way. Stuff is that Whenever I don't have anything to say, I just say stuff. So, uh, that works. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting at an airport. It was almost late, actually, because I was in the line ordering this white chocolate mocha drink, and uh, they were taking long. So, I said, hey, you got to hurry up for my man, G, so I can get on the show. It's not worth with white chocolate mocha. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: you got to do what you got
0: to do, though, man. If you
1: if you need that chocolate mocha, but, but before you hit the before you i was going to say hit the road, I'm gonna say hit the road. I'm just meanwhile you're going in the air, you're not hitting any road. I mean, you're hitting a yeah, runway. Exactly. I mean, count that as a road, but you yeah, know, yeah. you count that as a road, but whatever. <laughs> um, I, 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 a lot going on in the NFL and college road, but I wanted to go first. Um, when, we, when we start talking about last week's game, I wanted to go to the Denver Broncos game where the Kansas City Chiefs proved that Andy Reid is just—he's he, he, a force within himself when, he, when it comes to playing a team after a bye week. He just—I I don't know what he does for those two weeks. He just crams like the biggest nerd ever. And the Kansas City Chiefs crushed the Denver Broncos 29 to 13. But the story over here was that Peyton Manning looked awful after he broke Brett Favre's record for most passing yards. Just looked terrible. Was it four interceptions? Got benched in favor of Brock Osweiler. I think he's typing off the kid's name from Arizona State. Um, but Payton looks terrible, and they're, they're saying he has a foot injury now, questionable for this week. Um on and, and the Denver Broncos, honestly, Joe, I think it's enough, enough. And you you, you, you got to see what Brock has. I mean, because it can't be worse, honestly, than what Peyton's doing right now.
0: Yeah, well, you're right about Andy Reid, too. I mean, it's almost borderline Belichickian. I mean, what he does after the bye mm-hmm. week is pretty impressive. And, and you've really got to give him credit for that. I think a lot of that – has to do with and he's been in the league and a lot of that helps but yeah when you look at the Broncos situation right now it's almost—it's kind of funny to compare Peyton Manning to Johnny Manziel and the situation you have at Cleveland but it's almost like that because like we saw the Browns make the situation to go to Manziel you kind of have to do the same thing here with with Denver in, in a sense you got to see what you have for the future because you know just like Josh McCown, Peyton Manning is not going to be the guy there in Denver much longer, possibly not after this year. So it's a good decision that probably had to be made, and I think they knew that. It's just it is similar to that Cleveland situation because they think at this point for the Broncos, while you want to win this year, you almost have to go towards the future just to see what you have.
1: Yeah, I mean that they, they signed, they brought Peyton to Denver with the thoughts of winning a Super Bowl, but it looks like look, what, what may hold them back is Peyton Manning right now. So that that's gotta be that's gotta be messing with their heads right now, especially with John Elway's head. Um but when you look at Denver though, their running game is still very suspect on offense. And I mean, I I've been saying uh, Ronnie Hillman's the guy you should go with on the whole game. There shouldn't be a split back. I think Ronnie Hillman's just a better back. Um but yeah, I mean that, yeah, that Denver defense what was putting in bad squats continuously uh, against Kansas City's offense. Not like Kansas City blows people away with their offense either. You know, Alex Smith had a good game, but um, what, what, what do you see from the Chiefs moving forward?
0: Well, I think that's an interesting debate because when you look at that AFC right now, and obviously they're probably not going to win the division. you got to give that to Denver. But at this point, when you look at the AFC, you have so many bad teams right now that it's very possible that an 8-8, eight eight, 9 and seven team is going to take that 6th seed, even a 5th seed. I mean, we don't have a team right now that's really jumping out and, and standing, hey, I'm going to be that first wild-card seed. I don't think you have a team like that right now. So when I look at Kansas City, I understand that they've gone through some ups and downs early in the season, majorly downs, but they have a long road ahead of them. They piled up some wins, and now if you can keep this streak going and knock out a couple wild-card contenders on the way, I don't see why they can't get the sixth seed just because you have. I mean, right now it's the Open Raiders and the New York Jets really in the lead for that wild-card spot, and I think that says something. When you look at Pittsburgh, they in it as well, but they have a tough schedule. We would normally put Baltimore in that race, but, I mean, they have seven losses now. I'm not saying that that can't happen, but it's just – Right now, the Chiefs have a better shot than anybody, so I think this is a huge win and probably a big momentum boost moving forward.
1: The Washington Redskins put a whooping on New Orleans, 47-14, to and and, and any time the Washington Redskins put 47 points up against against your defense, you should fire your defensive coordinator, which is what New Orleans did. Now, that's one coordinator getting fired from another bad performance. When will the Baltimore Ravens decide to move on from Mark Trestman? As the Baltimore Ravens... Failed to beat Jacksonville 22-20. to 20. They couldn't put up more than 20 points against Jacksonville's defense, which, which, which is pretty much a, You could light up Jacksonville's defense, it looks like, week after week. Um, but, but I'm really disappointed with Baltimore this year, and I'm not saying that because you're my friend. I really am because I, I, I really thought this was a team that, that could be that wild card team that could push for an AFC championship game,
0: and everything just fell apart from them this year. Yeah, well, when you say you're disappointed, imagine how Ravens fans feel. I mean, at this point, you're sitting in a situation where, and you can't just blame Mark Trestman. I mean, I think that had a lot to do with it. But when you look at the offense, they just haven't been clutch. I mean, early in the game against Jacksonville, there were three situations where they started at the 50-yard line or roughly around, and they just couldn't get anything going. They couldn't get in the field position at home, nonetheless, and couldn't just make the 10, 20 yards. You're at a point now where, you just have to get a first down here or there, and sometimes that will spark your drive, and especially when you're close to field position. But now, with Mark Trestman at the helm, it seems like Joe Flacco's progression has slowed down, and I think we're seeing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know, with Gary Kubiak, Gary Kubiak really knew what to do with Flacco, but now you, know, you see him in a situation with Trestman where they're just not converting those third downs. And I think with the quarterback's progression, even though Flacco is in his prime, you know, quote-unquote, progressing and making those third down plays are what the best do in the NFL. And right now, I think... Not only is that Mark Trestman's biggest problem, but it got the Ravens' biggest flaw as they move into the stretch. It's the reason they're 2-7. I told people
1: I'm excited about the Oakland Raiders' future, but I'm not totally jumping on it right now. because Their defense is really, its especially their secondary, it's just not there yet. Um, I, I, I like everything I'm seeing from Derek Carr. I'm not a big fan of Latavius Murray. But the Minnesota Vikings, they beat them 30-14. to 14. I still don't know what Minnesota does well, Joe. I, I can't put my finger on it.
0: Yeah, well, the thing right now with Minnesota, when you watch the game against Oakland, and I really hadn't got to see Minnesota a lot this year, but I just noticed Adrian Peterson really looked back to his peak. I mean, when you looked at the way he was running the ball against Oakland, and look, that's not saying much against the Raiders, but when you looked at the way he was running the ball, it was very impressive, and it looked like vintage Adrian Peterson, and that's what's going to carry them. For me, when I look at a young team like that who potentially has a shot to go all the way. What you really need for Teddy Bridgewater is a strong defense and a strong running game. If that defense can continue to pinpoint you know, their flaws on defense and continue to improve, I think they have a very good shot. And the biggest thing with these young quarterbacks is that they don't have to be perfect, but they need things to rely on. And right now I think Minnesota has that in Adrian Peterson. As long as he can stay healthy, I think this team has enough to make a run. I think they can certainly compete with a team like Carolina. We'll see what they can do against a high-scoring team against Green Bay if they ever come around. But I like the upward trend that Minnesota's on right now because you have a young quarterback that has the tools around him to drive to off of them to really you know, go to when he's not having his best game. That's the biggest thing for these young quarterbacks, and I think Minnesota has that.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned Green Bay, and Green Bay on a three-game schneid right now. And and everybody was able to make excuses before. They played against Carolina, undefeated team. They played against a then-undefeated Denver Broncos team. Both teams have stellar defenses that they went up against. And now they go against Detroit. Detroit beats them by two points. Um, and sure, Green Bay came back, but it wasn't really that Green Bay was playing so well to come back. Detroit is terrible. you know. And now for now, I'm not saying this as a Chicago Bears fan. Aaron Rodgers, something doesn't look right. And I know his offensive line isn't good. He's getting no help from the running game. His receivers are, are not as good as we thought without Jordy Nelson being the number one. there. Let's be honest. You know, you see a lot of drop passes from Randall Cobb. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. He isn't bad. He isn't good. He's pretty much just all right. But there was a lot of bad passes from Aaron Rodgers, especially on the out routes. He wasn't hitting the, the sidelines correctly. And, and I'm not a football analyst type of guy. And I, even I noticed that, Joe. So do you think there could be something like Aaron Rodgers is hurt and not saying anything because he is taking a lot of hits by the offensive line, or could it just be
0: a bad three-game losing streak? Well, hey, it's interesting you say that because when you look around the NFL right now, it's a lot of quarterbacks getting hurt. I mean, you look at the situation with Andrew Luck, obviously the Colts are dealing with right now. Ben Roethlisberger's been hurt. Now we see Peyton Manning has that foot injury. You know, quarterbacks understand that a good quarterback play today in the NFL is at a premium, and they know that – you know, sometimes your superstar that's maybe 70%, 80% is going to be a whole lot better than what anybody else has to offer. So I can definitely see that happening in Green Bay. Right now it's just so that they have a little bit of an identity crisis. I mean, especially, you know, at the running back position where we see McCarthy says Eddie Lacey is now behind James Start from the depth chart, even when fully healthy. You mentioned the receivers. Who is the go-to guy? And defense, I mean, just mm-hmm. they don't look like they're clicking like we're used to. We make a big deal about, you know, Clay Matthews moving around where he's best-fitted. But right now it just doesn't seem like they know what they want to do. They're not capitalizing on it. I think a lot of it has to do with they don't know who they are and who they want to be. I think that's a big problem for a team that has so much talent going into the playoffs. You know, you look at a team like Minnesota, I mean, you see – you know, They know who they are and what they want to be. And a lot of times when you go into the playoffs, that's the most important thing. And that's why right now I think I give Minnesota the end is just because they know who they are. And I think that they can be very successful doing what they like to do. Um, Two more
1: games to go through before we get to the college locks. Chicago beat St. Louis 37-13. Um, and, and I don't know which way to go on this. First off, thank the Lord for Jeremy Langford because he's the future of the Bears, and I couldn't be happier for that. You know, um, but, but you, you look at what, how, how the Bears have been playing this year. I mean, it, 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 they aren't getting blown out like last year. Last year was one of the worst the, the, one of the worst seasons I've ever had to go through as a Bears fan, or just was the worst season I ever went through. And St. Louis is a team that it seems like, Joe, you know, the last two, three years, he keeps saying they're going to turn a corner, they're going to turn a corner. It, it doesn't seem to be happening. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I heard right that Nick Foles getting benched um, next week. The Bears made Nick Foles look awful. Um, they're pretty much a, a one-man team with uh, with with uh, with running the ball, but the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears are moving the ball on everybody. I mean, is this more a tale of John Fox kind of, kind of making the Bears um, semi-relevant, or is St. Louis just being overrated from Joe?
0: But well, I buy into the notion that John Fox is a very good coach. I think he brings a lot of good things to a team, and, and sure, it took a little while for us to understand that with Chicago right now. But I like John Fox. I always have. I think he's a very good principled coach, and he knows what. You know, he has the basics down. When you have a guy like him, we were talking about Andy Reid earlier. It's just it's such an advantage to have a guy that's been around so long, as opposed to what you saw last year in Mark Trestman, where. Coming from the CFL, you don't only have that NFL game experience understanding what to do in certain situations. I think that's helping John Fox a lot, not only during the game, but game planning during the week. And we're seeing a whole lot of that with Chicago. They come out of the gates really just with a constructed game plan. They stick to it, and it works. And I think a lot of that has to do with game planning. So I'm definitely a big believer in John Fox and uh, the Rams. Yeah, anytime you have a guy, Case Keenum, starting a quarterback, things are definitely going down <laughs> Wow, it's just so bad.
1: Um, the last game I wanted to go over was New England. Um, yeah, you can't really say they revenged the two Super Bowl losses to the Giants because you can't avenge those. They're Super Bowl losses. You won't get them back. Um, but they beat the New York Giants. But what is it about Tom Coughlin? But, uh, first off, he doesn't know how to manage the clock at the end of the game or, or hold the lead at the end of the game. He's blown, I think, what, four or four fourth fourth-quarter leads this year already? You know, but... What, what, what does he do in his crazy, like mad scientist laugh that he is like the one coach in the league that can go toe to toe with Bill Belichick? I don't get it.
0: No, it's really impressive. And you think, and you look at the players New York has this year, and it's just like it's nothing special. It's nothing that you haven't had in the past. But Tom Coughlin clearly knows how to call a game. And that was the narrative leading up a week. I think we, we kind of realized that, you know, the Giants are going to have a chance because of Tom Coughlin. For whatever reason, he knows how to counter these guys. And I think it showed again, they really did. I mean, I hate to say that that they won the game, but, I mean, they had it won at the end of the game. It's just you're in a tough situation where do you score, do you not score, and the Patriots had just enough time left to get it done. But I think it's a a massive win in the grand scheme of things for them. It's not going to take away anything. But, you know, they're in a close division. I think they're still the front runners right now. I think that was a little bit of a morale boost, even though you lose it. I know that's weird to say because in a close loss, You know, how can you have a morale boost? But they understand that they can play pretty much everybody tight when they're on. And I believe in the Giants. I really do. So, it was a good sign for them. In a close division, it doesn't hurt them too bad. All right, Joe. It's just about that
1: time. You want to make money this weekend, right? (laughs) Okay.
0: It's now time for the Heart Prize College Football Live.
1: I hope you people have been following my locks, and I hope you've been reading my, my, my weekly entry at com called Beating Vegas. Because the last two, three weeks, we've been on fire. And last week was, was money in the bank pretty much all around. This week, we're going to start with Georgia. Um, at-home 14-point favorite against Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, to me, I understand they're 7-2, and and they're, they're, they're the kind of team, Joe, that's helping their chest out because they're 7-2, and but look at who they played. And, and, and when they play a real team, like West Virginia, who beat them 44 to zip, or when they play Appalachian State, who beat them 31-13, they have no answer for anybody. They can't score, and they can't stop anybody. Georgia is typically the SEC disappointment every year, but they got so much talent on this team, it, it, and I even like their backup running back, because to go for Nick, Nick Chubb, um, um, Sonny, Sonny, what is it, Michael? I was saying to say Michael Sonny by Michael. Sonny Michelle.
0: Sonny yeah, Michelle, it's just yeah. a
1: weird way to spell Michael. Yeah, it's just a weird way to spell Michael. <laughs> you know, but I really like Georgia over here. I think Georgia wins this big because Georgia wins big when it doesn't matter at the end of the year for them. They typically do that. So I like Georgia here at minus 14 in the first block.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Anytime you have an SEC team, I don't care who it is against, you know, Georgia Southern, it's probably going to be a win for the SEC team. And I hate to say that because you really do hate to take away from these smaller schools. But when you look at the record and everything, for me to pick a smaller school, against an FCC team especially like Georgia they'd have to be 9 all. they'd have to be perfect and they've had to be proving that they'd be worthy of a high ranking I mean you look at Toledo well, that's a situation where you've got a smaller school a that team but they've done very well and proven they can do well against good opponents I just really don't believe in Georgia Southern I think they're a good team for where they play it's great but this week it just seems too easy the 14 points seems to be pretty manageable for Georgia so I'll take that in a heartbeat
1: the next game I'm looking at is the Duke Blue Devils, a two-and-a-half-point underdog going into Virginia. Now, i actually find out that Mike London, the Virginia head coach, is 10-38 and 38 against ACC opponents. That's just awful. Um, that, that the Virginia season is pretty much done. He's trying to play it out for his seniors. He's, he's saying all the right things, but Virginia's been pretty disappointing this year. They were, they were heavy on the seniors this year, and they just couldn't do it. Um, you look at Virginia's defense. They've given up 1,700 rushing yards in 10 games this season. Um, and, and they're allowing teams that's over 64% against them. Duke has just had bad luck in this three-game losing streak. They're, 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 they had they that loss. There should have been a win against Miami. Um, they got their butt kicked by UNC, which totally blindfied me. And, and they just look lost against Pitt. You've got to think Duke will get it together. They're too good of a team to lose four in a row, Joe. And if they're getting two points, I don't care where it is. I'll take Duke right now.
0: Yeah, when you look at Duke's losing streak, I mean, that's not fair to, like you said, I mean, look at the last three games. It's not fair. Duke's a very good football team. They've proven that in the past few years. They've just gotten so much better as a program, and those last three losses really are not indicative of their team because they have played well, and so I like Duke in this game. I completely agree with you. Virginia just doesn't have the hit factor for me this year. I just can't seem to figure out what about them that you have to really love. I think Duke's more of a well-rounded team, and I think that's why I would pick them here.
1: Uh, my last lock of the week for college football, you're going to love this one, Joe. LSU, four-point underdogs at Ole Miss. This is like old school G going right back at it. I'm going with Ole Miss over here, and for a very, very good reason. LSU is a one-man team, and that one man has been slowed down recently in Leonard net. Uh, I will not take anything away from them. It's just that everybody's stacking the box, and LSU can't throw the ball. LSU plays with two wide receivers. They, they can't even spread people. You know, they, their offense is pretty much one-dimensional, and people are going all in and stopping the running running attack right now. And not for nothing, they're going against an old misrunning running Rebel team I mean, I, 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 it, that only gives up 3.2 yards to carry and has only allowed five rushing touchdowns. And, and and this is a team that's in their base defense doing this. They don't have to stack eight in a box doing this. They have great defensive ends on this team. And and, and we know what Ole Miss, they can score. They put up 40 a game. LSU has no chance in this game. I love Ole Miss minus four.
0: Well, I think that here, for all the reasons you said, and more so. And for me, the more so would be when you have LSU – you look at their season right now, and just what's the incentive to win? I mean, I know you always want to win every week, but there's so much more on the line well, for, for LSU, especially when you have a chance to get into the college football playoff. And right now, obviously, not seeming likely, it, it, it's impossible. I mean, so right now they're in a situation where they're on the outside looking in. They're playing this game for what? I mean, I, you always want to win a game, but at this point, even Leonard Fournette, I mean, he's in this thing to try to stay healthy. We all know that, but that's no secret. I mean, Leonard Fournette – best running back in the game, he's in it, just so he can make the NFL. And he's not going to give 110% effort, given all the circumstances. And and maybe that's an unfair thing to say, but I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't think it's unfair to, to you know, bring it up the notion that Leonard Fournette at LSU right now, what does he have to play at 100, 110%? I mean, what, is, what does he have to lose? Everything. So, in my case, I think, you know, because it is a one-man show, because it is so much Leonard Fournette, and so the odds are, it's not even the odds stack against them. It's the fact that when you put all the situations together, like I am right now with screaming babies and terminal ladies uh, screaming the robots <laughs> up there. So I apologize for that. But no, when you just put it all together, I just don't believe in this. So I completely agree with you. Old Miss is the team I would pick as I uh, slowly put my phone on mute. <laughs> <laughs> i you put your phone on. I barely heard the kid.
1: I barely heard the kid, but it's fine. Um, all right, looking at the college slate this week real quick. Friday night has a game that I don't know. Maybe I'm the sucker because I will take this bet, Joe. But Air Force is an 11-point underdog going to Boise State. Dreadful in the red zone in the last three weeks, and Air Force is one of the best offenses in the league. Granted, they're one-dimensional, but people can't seem, except for I think Navy, which is almost cheating because it's almost looking at the other team's playbook when it's Navy. That it looks like nobody can really stop this running game that Air Force has. You know, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that at one point this year they were between Baylor. And LSU, I think for, the, for 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 rushing offenses, and they're getting 11 points here. Uh, I gotta take this, especially as you saw Boise blow opportunity after opportunity last week in the red zone against Mexico.
0: Sure, well, let me tell you something. I mean, when I look at this game, I have lost, and I have circled this before you even said it, before you even showed me it, because to be completely honest have lost all my faith in Boise State. I really have. I mean, this is a team that just doesn't, it doesn't speak to me, quote-unquote, but it doesn't. I mean, when you look at Boise State, they're a team that does have a lot of talent, but it's one of those typical situations in college football where you watch them every week thinking you're going to see this electric performance, and like you alluded to, they just can't cash in. I mean, I've seen it over and over and over again this year where you want Boise State to be something that they're not, and what's nice about Air Force here is that you really know what Air Force is, and they're going to do it very well because they run their offense very methodically, and they, just, they have the players in place, and they stick to the script. Sometimes you have to do that. For me, Boise State has that script, but they just can't come to the end. They can't close when it counts. I think that's the advantage to Air Force. So it's funny you bring this one up because I have Air Force winning, too. This is one of the games I'm really excited to watch because I think people are going to really appreciate what that Air Force offense does. Against the Boise State team, quite frankly, I just don't believe it. Now let me tell you they're eleven point underdog that's three that's plus
1: three hundred on the money line. That's a big payout for anybody, so I mean, some be all over that air force game all over it um moving on uh, sorry, I kind of was just staring at that game for a second, and wow, there's really not a lot of good games this weekend, really not um you got North Carolina going at Virginia Tech, North Carolina's been killing everybody. I mean, there's no reason why. To, to go against North Carolina, they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite over here, Joe. I love them. North Carolina is looking better and better every week.
0: Uh, yeah, well, sorry about that. See, this is a, the small thing about airport. Uh, No, North Carolina for me right now is a team that I, I just do like from North Carolina because you have a situation where I understand they're underperforming in many ways where you have Williams at the quarterback position and, and, you know, they're tough. But you have to understand that when you have a North Carolina team like this, any team really, just ACC, SEC, whatever you want to believe, they're guys that are just well-rounded. I mean, North Carolina, they came to this year with a ton of expectations, and I know they haven't capitalized on every situation, but they're a good team. They know what they want to do, and they believe in themselves. So I like North Carolina here simply because you just know what you're going to get. It might not be excellent, but they're going to be good enough. It's one of those high-ceiling, low floors kind of situations.
1: Um, Interesting games right now. I I, I found about five games worth talking about. Baylor going into Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has all the momentum going right now. Baylor's coming off their first loss, which I predicted last week. Um, I kind of see this as almost a trap game for Oklahoma State, though. I I think Baylor can still score. Baylor can still put a point. And I'm not overly impressed with Oklahoma State. I'm going to – I think a lot of
0: people are going to take Oklahoma State, but I think I'm leaning towards Baylor over here. I tell you what, this is all about momentum for me. and I, I believe in it so much when you come to college football. I believe in the momentum. And even if it's, you know, Baylor, Oklahoma State, I don't care who it is. Who has the momentum is who I'm going to lean with, just because I think that plays so much more of a, a role than we ever think it does. I love Oklahoma State here. Baylor is just coming off of this, this terrible skid where you know, they can't do anything right. Even when they win – the college football committee still doesn't believe in them enough. So what do they have again? In an LSU situation, you win, but you really can't do anything to help yourself. So I think Oklahoma State over here is pretty big in my opinion.
1: Staying in the Big 12, there's no line yet because no one knows about the injury to to Trayvon Boykin and his receiver, Dotson, yet. Uh, But GCU going into Oklahoma, I'm going to think even if they are healthy, Oklahoma's got to be the favorite here. Um, I really like Oklahoma. I like to play their quarterback. And let me tell you, Oklahoma has the And their secondary was really annoying Baylor. <laughs> you know, they, they, they was deflecting a lot of passes. I really like Oklahoma. I mean, maybe, just maybe, Bob Stoops has something finally in an
0: Oklahoma team this year. Completely agree with you here again. I mean, TCU, a guy, you know, guys it's kind of like Baylor. I mean, they're in the same boat. I know we kind of lump those two together. And I think Oklahoma's a team mm-hmm. that's on the steady rise right now. That's what you kind of like about them. And I Keep alluding to this momentum thing, but it's just the truth. I mean, they're on that rise where you gotta love them because they have so much to play for right now. For me, TCU, they know the season's crumbling. You saw the injury to Boykin last week. I just like Oklahoma, and like you said, Bob Stoops, he's gotta get it going. I mean, he got, Bob Stoops is funny because he's a great coach. I really believe that, but one of those things where not a lot of people believe in him just because of some of the things in his past track record. But I like him here. I think the Oklahoma team is better than they have been this year. I think they get the win.
1: I think the thing that always haunts Bob Stoops is the Statue of Liberty play to Boise State and losing that way to that team. I think think that will always haunt Bob Stoops, you know, so he'll never avoid that. Um, Michigan State, Ohio State in the Big Ten. Ohio State's a 13-point favorite over here. I I mean, I've been hard on Michigan State. I've been hard on Ohio State, too, even though they were one of my locks last week. And I took Ohio State first half and game, covered both. I've got to take Michigan State over here because they're – got to take – both these teams haven't been overly impressive, Joe. And i got to take Michigan State over here just out of respect for 13-point
0: underdogs. Oh, I think with the points, you got to take Michigan State. I, I'm Quite frankly, I don't believe in either of these two teams, and we've talked about them both mm-hmm. extensively this year. It's just that there's not much to love about either one. I think both are – and not that there's not too much to love, but they're just so high in the rankings that really the play – doesn't doesn't indicate and really doesn't they haven't deserved the role that they've gotten, especially Ohio State. For my opinion, I think this is an easy game for me. Taking Michigan State with the points and honestly I'm taking them to win this game. I believe in Ohio I believe in Michigan State and where they are in the rankings more than I do Ohio State where they are. I think that comes into play here. Michigan State needs to win to prove that they're still on top. So does Ohio State. I just don't think they can do it. They've been too high all year. I think this is the week it comes back to hold them
1: um UCLA going into Utah UCLA a two-point underdog
0: I I like UCLA here because I
1: think the Utah thing is done
0: yeah two underwhelming teams I think we both kind of had a little higher expectations especially Utah earlier in the year I'll stick with them though I like the youth I think they have a good team just things haven't especially gone well for them when they needed to this year so I know they were so high earlier but I think they're the better team I take Utah all right, and of
1: course, but, but before you leave today, we'll get your we'll get your thoughts on the Mac on the mat games tonight. Toledo versus Bowling Green, Ball State, Ohio University. But for now, uh, are we gonna take a short break? Um, man, I guess not because I've got like two minutes left on this stream and I don't want to waste your time. So yeah, I guess talk about these mat games real quick. <laughs> uh, tonight's mat game, you got Toledo, a seven point underdog against Bowling Green. I, I like Bowling Green, but I kind of always take Bowling Green, so I'm taking them again today. I like Bowling Green.
0: Yeah, this is tough. Bowling Green has that great quarterback whose name's eluding me right now. But they're a the good team. I just like Toledo overall. I think they have a lot to love. They're running back Hunt, very good player. I like Toledo. I, I kinda of talked about them earlier, but I think they're kind of the sleeper underdog pick for me. So I think I'll go with Toledo. Just and I, I know Bowling Green's got a great offense, but I think Toledo's more well rounded. For me in those kind of games, I like that. I like the team that I can trust doing more things as as well as they do, and I think Toledo's that team, so I'll pick them. Uh
1: Matt Johnson, I think,
0: the quarterback. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, 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 even though you know me, I was all about that backup kid, Justin Canty, who came in last year. I liked oh, yeah. him a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I liked him a lot. He actually followed me back on Twitter, the kid. He's hilarious, actually. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last game tonight before we go to the NFL picks at a short break. poll State at Ohio University. I'm going with Ohio University over here. I'm not into Ball State like I was um last year.
0: Well, a couple reasons for this. Got a good buddy that goes to Ohio, so I'll take them. But quarterback Darius Vick, really good player, athletic. They have a lot of talent. That offense is stacked, and then they sometimes don't show it. But Ohio's going to be good for a couple of years to come. So shout-out to Kyle V. Lack, receiver over there. Good, good player. But I'll take Ohio uh, game. Kind of underrated, so hopefully people get to see that tonight.
1: Absolutely. Right now, me and Joe are going to take a short break, and we'll come back with our NFL picks against this spread. Just that's how we do, so bear with you. That matters. I am the heartthrob, G.W. Gross. He is the future of all sports media, Joe Weedra. Yeah, you know what I realized, Joe? Um, before I get into the NFL thing, I have been trying to set up like, oh, uh, well, I'm not going to set it up, but I was trying to play a pickup football game, you know, for the last three weeks, and we finally got the guys. I'm going to play. I said, like, yeah, I'm only playing if I'm quarterback, so I'm not trying to hurt myself.
0: But but they want to play the game at two o'clock,
1: man. And oldness starts at three thirty and oldness is my big money game this week, so I may have to just stay home instead of going out with my friends. Isn't that I don't know, I think I'm getting old. I think I'm really just getting old, Joe.
0: Well, I, I would I would say two things here. I would say you have a big conundrum on your hands that you gotta figure out. But at the end of the day I think about this. You know, friends Friends last a little while, but football, sports lasts a lifetime. Maybe that's why I don't have too many friends. It's just that, you know, so friends, you know, <laughs> stick around for a little while, a couple of years, but, you know, sports last forever. So just just try to stick with that when you go into this. I think, you know, you you got to go with what's loyal to you, and I think sports have been pretty loyal to you over the years.
1: Yes, they have been, you know. It's just... That's that—it's that eagle I got. That I know I'm good. So it's that—that that that <laughs> i throbbing ego that I am just. And the, and you can A lot of these guys are younger than me too. So I kind of want to really, get on them. But you know, But whatever. Whatever though. Let's move on. You know what? Let, let, let's get this game out of the way because the NFL is going to shove it down our throats Thursday night. But yeah, the Tennessee Titans three-point underdog going into Jacksonville. Give me Jacksonville because I actually like Lake Gordles. He's, he's a little quirky, I guess at times. I don't know. He. He's kind of unorthodox, but I kind of like him. All right, he's 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 very energetic. He's fun to watch, Blake Bortles, and he has two great receivers, two young receivers he could grow with. And and let's not forget that Marquis Lee hasn't even been playing, you know, because they really have three really good wide receivers that they could grow with. Um, and a lot of people got they got to look at T.J. Yeldon. His numbers aren't blowing people away, but it's because of that offensive line. Look at how Yeldon plays, Joe—very patient behind the blockers. You know, just a very mature kind of running. I really like T.J. Yeldon. And and I think I think maybe I, I think Jacksonville has to stick with them, you know, for the future. Tennessee has nothing in the backfield. They got a plethora of garbage behind Marcus Mariota. I think Kendall Wright's not playing. That that means I mean we might see some more um, Dorial Green Beckham. But I like Jacksonville over here. Just more firepower over here because it's gonna be a shootout. They got no defense on these inside.
0: You know, perhaps the most interesting thing here, I mean, is you look at the color rush uniforms. Uh, have you seen them yet? They're pretty cool. I like the things that they're doing. That last weekend, I tell you, it looked like a Christmas tree out there. You had uh, the Jets and the Bills. Yeah, it is. It's just That all green, all red. It's interesting. So I'm interested to see how bad they are this week. Uh, but When you look at this game, you know, I like Tennessee a little bit more. And I watched Jacksonville last week, obviously, against the Ravens. And it's just. Blake Bortles doesn't make the throws necessary down the field, but he's going to win in the game. I think what Marcus Mariota's strength right now is that he's very good intermediate. And for a young kid, a rookie, he does that very well. He's a great intermediate passer. But, again, we go back to Teddy Bridgewater, and here's the flaw with Tennessee is that you have Teddy Bridgewater, who has the running backs from the defense. Tennessee, Marcus Mariota, it's almost like he's on an island right now. And I think it's going to get better as the years go on because they will build around him. But for now it is tricky. You kind of have to rely on what he does best. I think that limits you to what you have. So I, I'm going to take Tennessee here because I believe in Mariota, probably enough, a bit more than Borders right now. I just think he's in a state of limbo where he's not sure where he needs to be, wants to be. I know he has the receivers to do it, but I like Mariota's intermediate passing game, and I'll bank on a couple more big plays with him than I will with Jacksonville, who just I don't believe in right now. Over-under
1: is really low at 43. I, I don't know. I love the over in this game. I'll I think the over is going to try it. to prove yeah, I love the over in this game. Um, Washington Redskins. This is actually a very interesting game, and not just because of last week. I'm just saying every week I like the way the Redskins play. Uh, that they, they play gritty defense. They have a very underrated corner in Breland, and they're going against the Carolina Panthers now, who don't have a lot on the wide receiver on uh, the wide receiver side of things. They they have some pretty mobile linebackers to say with uh, Greg Olson. This is gonna be a tougher game for Carolina than people think. I like Washington plus seven over here.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I think I look at Carolina often. And I think we have a tendency to underrate them just because they don't have an electric offense. And I think that that comes back to hurt them when we make predictions. But I've learned very much so this year that you just can't root and can't pick against these guys. Cam Newton finds a way to get it done. I don't care what weapons he has on offense. I, I just, you know, when you look at consistency and for consistency's sake, i got to take the Panthers over here. I think they have too much of, of a structured team right now. And Ron Rivera knows what he wants to do. And they're they're running what they do very well right now. Washington, I feel like last week, obviously, was a bit of an aberration with Kirk Cousins and the way the uh-huh. offense was so much. And sure, it was but maybe a one-time thing. I don't think they, they get blown out here. I agree with you that I keep it close. I guess I would go with the Panthers minus seven just because I do believe in them, and I've learned this year that you don't want to pick against these guys because I think they're better than they were last year, albeit the wide receiver options are a bit slim. I just think Cam Newton's the guy this year. I'm full force believing this is the year in Newton. I don't know. I know you like him, right? You like him. I think I'll take them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the Panthers win this. So I the right. just think the Panthers keep it close. That's it, yeah. Um, Oakland Raiders, um, I, I'm still not sure where to go with Oakland Raiders. I know where to go with the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are at home, a one-and-a-half-point underdog. I, I can't see the Lions beating Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr in back-to-back weeks, so give me Derek Carr to, tra- to travel to Detroit. It's not a long travel.
0: They're indoors. I think the Raiders win this one by 10 or 11 points. Call me me Fickle, whatever you want to do. I I got Martha Ford. I believe in her a little bit. She was feisty at that press conference. She had me believe in this. She was was for real about the future of this team. They came out last week playing for for Martha maybe a little bit. But I I don't know. I, I never thought this Lions team was as bad as they were. We talked about this so many times. Jim Caldwell just not the guy there. I think they have the weapons to do whatever they want to do, to be quite honest. I just think that they don't know how to put it all together. So much of the conversation that I like to throw in is just putting it all together, going in with the game plan, and sticking to it. And that's so important when you look, especially the NFL. College football, not so much. You rely a lot on skill, but the NFL, the the talents are so even in baseline that you have to have that that closing to put you over the edge. So you know, I'm going to go with the Lions here. I think that Matthew Stafford can have one of his trademark big games against an Oakland secondary that's just, quite frankly, not very good. Wow. You and me have not agreed on one thing yet. No, we have not. All right. <laughs> the Dallas
1: Cowboys anticipating the return of Tony Romo. And he's going to Miami. Uh, the game is a pick right now. That's because Dallas' defense is just horrendous. Um, but with Romo back, and, and and they haven't rushed Romo back either, which is key. You know, so I I'm expecting Romo to be at, at least 95 percent. And if that's the case, then Romo and this offense will put up points because that's just what Tony Romo does. And props to Darren McFadden who hasn't broken a leg or something or right yet. You know, I mean he's been starting every game and good for him. Um I gotta go with Dallas on Miami thinks. I don't I'm I, I can't stand Miami or their fans. We went through this two weeks ago. But Dallas, yeah. Dallas. <laughs>
0: Well, I think a lot of people bought into that Dan Campbell hype a bit too much. I understand you get the fresh face in there. We've seen it a couple times working, but that doesn't change, that this Miami team is wildly inconsistent. It starts with Ryan Tannehill. It starts with the offensive line in particular. I just think they're too inconsistent right now. And With Dallas coming back, Tony Romo is exactly what they need. I know they're kind of on the outside looking in, but, again, you look at that division, and there's still a chance for them to potentially pull ahead You know, week six teams, week seven teams, they just have to win. I mean, that's that's, it's basic. I would say maybe fate is in their hands a little bit because as long as they win out with Tony Romo, that's possible. We've all seen that, what that offense can do. They're just more believable Mm -hmm. right now. I think Romo's return sparked something in them. I'd like to believe that they still have a chance, and I know surely they do. And Tony Romo's a big part of that. He wants to come back to try to help this team get momentum, and I think that's what it's all about. So, yeah. Definitely, uh, I'm all aboard. Yeah. If it were Brandon Whedon, I'd definitely take Miami. But you just have to look for consistency's <laughs> sake. I think Tony Romo's, you know, over Ryan Tannehill, that's an easy pick for me. Um, what is this? I'm looking at. I'm Particularly, real quick. That, I'm... Offensive, that offensive line, too, but... the battle between Dallas's offensive line and Miami's offensive line, it really can't be understated how much Dallas wins that battle.
1: Sure, <laughs> indeed. And, and let me
0: tell you, Tony Romo oh. coming back.
1: Ben Roethlisberger looked good from his comeback from an injury. And my Super Bowl hope is still alive. Still alive. It is. Still still alive. All right. Um, Going into the next one, you've got Indianapolis Colts, who who are in danger right now of not winning this division by default. Um, Six-point underdog going into Atlanta. Atlanta's so weird, man. I really don't know what Atlanta is, but I know what Indianapolis is. And I know Hasselbeck had two wins at quarterback. But I know what they are as a team. I'm going with the Falcons over here, even with the minus six. I I, I gotta believe in that. I gotta believe the Falcons cover a six points for against a bad team like it that.
0: Man, we really are off this week. This is this is the one of the wow. few weeks where usually we agree a lot on things especially with college football. But this week <laughs> it's been definitely a, a bit of an outside thing here. I, I like the Colts in this game because I'm buying into it, you know. I'm one of those guys. I buy into the Matthew Hasselback thing. I love quarterbacks. Gee, I, I just love them. I think Matthew Hasselback is <laughs> a grinder. He's a gamer. Like, just this Falcons team, I know I keep going back, to. So I'm going to get tweeted the how I mentioned consistency 20 times in this podcast, but it's all about consistency, man. And in the NFL, especially with this Falcons team right now, they have so much talent, but they just can't put together consistent play. And it's very frustrating to try to pick with them against, against them every week just because you never know what you're going to get. For me right now, I know what the Colts are, and I know you don't love them very much, but I know what they can be with a quarterback that's not hurt. I believe in them. I have from the start. You've got to go with the Colts here for me just because I, I do believe that they're a good football team in Atlanta. If they're even slightly off, oddly as it sounds, Matthew Hasselback can take advantage.
1: One of the worst games of the week, and I
0: really hate to say this to you, Joe, but it's the St. Louis
1: Rams, two-and-a-half point underdog going into Baltimore. Uh, wow. Over-under is at 41. I think that's generous right now. I don't even know where to go. Uh, I honestly don't think the Ravens could stop them early. Um, wow. St. Louis is bad quarterback play. The Ravens just looked awful. I don't know. I think I'm leaning towards the Rams over here.
0: Oh, man, you're going to do that to me. Well, this one, of course, we're going to pick oppositely because I'm not going against the Ravens to go eight losses. Eight, eight <laughs> uh, but, but I will say this, though, there's one thing they can do, it's stop the run. And all the focus is going to be on that. They're going to let Chase Keenan beat them. And that's just a funny statement in itself. I think that the majority is going to be play seven, eight, maybe sometimes nine men in the box to stop Gurley and just like, pick your receivers. I, I think the Ravens secondary can stop the Rams one on one on the outside, especially with Case Keenum. I think you're going to play a lot of men in the box to stop Gurley. I don't know, at home it just seems too easy to pick the Ravens for me because, you know, Case Keenum. I keep going back to that. It's, it's Case Keenum. We can't we can't argue that. I know he's had his flashes, but bottom line, Ravens at home with, with desperately needing a win to stay alive because, hey, that wild card race is still open. They know that. So they're not trying any less than they would have. I, I like the Ravens solely because I think they're going to game plan towards Todd Gurley, and I think that at the end of the day, that will favor their game.
1: The New York Jets and Houston Texans, there is no line on this game. I don't care what the line is. I'm taking the Jets because if it's, if it's, if it's EJ8 or if it's Brian Hoyer against that Jets defense, I will take it time and time again. Um, and I'm actually rooting for the Texans. Yeah, you know me. Like I, I'm a Bill O'Brien guy. But I think the Jets are just way too much way too much talent on this team to lose to a team that's not as talented as they are, especially at the quarterback position. I'm not saying dispatcher is great, but he has better weapons to work with as a whole, because the Texas running game is just depressing. Oh, I think the Jets over
0: here. Yeah, bottom line, I mean, you look at these both of these rosters, and especially when I look at last night's game against the Bengals for the Texans, they really didn't win that game. The Bengals just played like the playoff Bengals app. That's bad, but that's just the bottom line. And the Bengals have played – that's what we've come to expect from them in big primetime games. And it's not only Andy Dalton. It just seems to be the recurring trend for this team. Is they just can't show up when it counts. So I really – you know, how can you give the win – to St. Louis there when, at the end of the day, you're talking about a Bengals team that just underperformed. Uh, St. Louis, sorry, Texas, Houston, it's airport babies got me again. Um, no, the Jets have so much, so much talent right now. Just got to go with them. Top Bowles, they're hanging on for a chance. Prime prime spot for a wild card. They just have to win. They know that, and I think this is a pretty easy win for them. Green Bay Packers are a one-point underdog going into Minnesota.
1: Now, the way mm. I'm looking at this is that Vegas must know something And as Lee Corso says on college game day, somebody somewhere knows something, and I'm going with the somebodies. I'm going with the Vikings here for no other reason except the Packers should be a three-point road favorite over here just because. And I'm going Minnesota over here because maybe Minnesota is, is better than I think they are, and the Packers just will lose four
0: in a row. I'm going with the Vikings over here. Well, hey, we talk about this at the onset. I mean, this is the two. This is the matchup I want to see. For me, this is the game of the week because this could be the decider in who goes to the AFC uh, the NFC Championship game against the Panthers. For me, I think it's boiled down to these three teams. I love all three of them. I really do. I love the Packers and what they can be. Again, comes back to Minnesota. I think they know what they're doing, and I just like them. It's really hard for me to pick against them given the circumstances leading up to this game. They're playing better football than Green Bay is right now. Momentum, momentum, momentum. Minnesota certainly got it. So I believe in Teddy Bridgewater. This is where he can show that he can take that next step and win a big game like this. You know, they win this game. You're looking at them as a contender. So I think this is a big one for them. If they can get it, they're automatically thrust into the Super Bowl, uh, you know, the conversation. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Minnesota and say that Bridgewater, you know, finally makes that point to the NFL that, hey, I'm one of these young rookie quarterbacks too, and just because I have good teams around me doesn't mean I can't do it. So I'm going with the Vikings here.
1: Interesting game over here. you got the Tampa Bay Bucks against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, no line on this game, I think, the help of Sam Bradford's in question. Um, I'll go with the Bucks over here. Um, just because – you know what? I'm going with the Bucks just for the same reason. You went with the Tennessee Titans because I just like the rookie quarterback. That's the reason I'm doing it.
0: All right? I'm going Tampa Bay over here against the Eagles. Yeah, sure. I think when you look at the rookie quarterbacks, it's just there is upside because you know every week something new can happen, and I think that's kind of good for Tampa Bay right now. I think they're going to continue to improve. Jameis Winston – the decision making is obviously the only concern right now, and I think that does improve. And this is a tough game, Philadelphia. You want to believe in them so much. I want to believe in them just because they were my Super Bowl pick. And I mean, when you look at this team, they should be so much better. I think that that preseason really got us hyped up for something that just wasn't realistic. We should have known that coming out of the onset, But we're very uh, we're very believable fans nowadays, and especially me. I totally bought into this Chip Kelly system. You just can't believe in it right now. They really don't know. I mean, it just, it's not sustainable, I and mean, especially with Sam Bradford News, I believe he may be out for this one. So it's, it is Mark Sanchez going in. So, hey, maybe Mark Sanchez Ooh. can get something going. But if you're going to bet on anything, it's certainly not controlled Philadelphia for this game.
1: Um, big game this week, and I'm not saying that because it's my Bears, but there's a lot of revenge factor. We were talking about that before. You got John Fox and Jay Cutler going against their old team, the Denver Broncos. Um, the, the Bears are at home. The game is at a pick right now, you know? And not for nothing, the Bears are known for having one of the worst fields in the NFL, one of the top three worst fields in the NFL. And the Bears are staying in every game defensively, offensively. You've got to love what Adam Gates is doing with Cutler. Um, dude, I'm doing it. I'm going with the Bears over here to beat the Broncos. I mean, it's a pick 'em, and I like it over here. And I know the Broncos' defense is crazy, but that Denver offense is what's shaky right now. And they're putting, that, they're putting a lot of pressure on that defense. And they're going to get the Adam Gates offense. And the, the offensive line is not as shaky as it was years ago. And and Gates is all about getting the ball out quickly, getting the ball out. I'm liking it over here, man. I like chicago
0: chances. Yeah, well, hey, you're going to be thrilled with my pick, man, because I'm going with Chicago as well. I right, had just – You know, there's something special about these guys. I was looking at the the schedule moving forward, and if they can win one of these next two tough games, and Denver's clearly now in a spot where you can win this one because of the Peyton Manning news, you know, you can win one of these next two. It's a very good chance they can win out and potentially make a run at one of these wild-card spots. I know that's crazy, and I know that's maybe a bit of, you know, wishful thinking right now, but, hey, why not? They need to get one of them out of the way, so why not beat Denver? I think that this is a team playing very well right now, Jay Cutler, man, he's got me believing. I, I know I've, I hated on him in the past, but Jay Cutler, Brock Osweiler, I know the defense, but this Denver team, the, the momentum, not even the momentum, just I think the overall feeling with these guys right now is that they're pressing. They're really pressing for their quarterback, and sometimes that's dangerous. Chicago right now, it's just go out there and do what you can to win. Sometimes that's the team you've got to go with. So, yeah, give me the Bears.
1: All right, then Cincinnati Bengals going into Arizona to play the Cardinals. The Cardinals' defense is kind of shaky, and I don't know why. They have a lot of talent, um, especially in their secondary. I mean, This isn't a team you want to throw a lot on, but for some reason their defense is, should be better. You look at the names on that roster, their roster, the defense should be better. Um, they're going against Cincinnati teams that was pretty much shut down offensively. Um, we saw Andy Dalton become old Andy Dalton. We saw Tyler Eifert become... I don't know what that was last night. Tyler Eifert looked awful. You know, he's been playing as one of the best ends in the league. You've got to go with Arizona here. Um, and let me tell you, really, really big shout out to Michael Floyd, who in the last three weeks, he, he's been 100% healthy, and he's bec- he's becoming that number one option again get that offense. I love Michael Floyd. Um, and, and this is a team, Arizona, much like – Pittsburgh, there's so many weapons on that offense that they could give the ball off to, short passes, deep routes. They spread out any defense, even a good one. And they have a very good quarterback. I like Arizona over here.
0: Yeah, hey, that's really fair. I mean, I I think that you can make a very good case for Arizona, and especially, you know, not only just making a case for Arizona, but you know, particularly making a case against the Bengals. I mean, what we saw last night is not going to get out of our heads anytime soon just because we've seen it so many times with Andy Dalton and a Marvin Lewis-led team. They let you down when you think they can easily win a game, and especially in the playoffs, especially in prime time. So, you know what? Give me the Cardinals here. I just—it's really tricky because you want to say the Bengals maybe you can come back to that regular season form that we've become, you know, known as them and Andy Dalton bouncing back after a loss. But last night really concerned me, and I think right now I got to go with the Cardinals team that I believe in a bit more because I think they're more well-rounded right now. At this point of the season. 49ers after this week as the biggest um, underdog. We only got three more games,
1: Joe, and I can let you go. Uh, let us do this real quick. 49ers are a 12-and-a-half-point underdog going into Seattle. Um, I know it's a rivalry game, but it was a made-up rivalry game. So long with Seattle over here. I think Seattle wins this one probably 21 to, like, 7,
0: I would say, Seattle. Yeah, I don't know. These games are tricky for me. Seattle always seems to – play it close to close with their division opponents, and, and San Francisco, no, not a very good team, and they don't know what they want to do, and they're just kind of playing for the number one pick, it seems like, right now, for one of those teams in that situation. I like Seattle, but I don't think they're going to cover. They always keep these games close. It's very frustrating to watch. They're never good games. They probably win squeaking out, but I'm, I'm not convinced of Seattle at all.
1: Uh, yeah, you know why I think Seattle, their special team actually magnificent still. You know, the yeah, special teams true. is still really good, well you know, and, 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 and it puts their team in better spots, you know, and that's why I think it's Seattle. I never say that. that's not a Lee Corso thing, talking about special teams. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, three-point favorite going into San Diego. I think this one's kind of like a trap game for gamblers. I'm thinking San Diego was three-point home underdog here. A lot of people are going to be looking at the Chiefs and what they did last week. I'm still not a big believer in the Chiefs, and I still think Philip Rivers is a top-tier quarterback no matter who he plays and who he plays without
0: so I'll take San Diego as the home on the door here. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think you can make the argument for Philip Rivers, but I just I, I don't believe in the team as a whole. I think we talk about this over the Kansas mm-hmm. City, but if they do win this game, it's such a momentum propeller towards the future because they can continue to stack wins and be in the race. So I like Kansas City. I do. I know they've had their issues this year, but just Saint Louis, uh, uh, San Diego... So underwhelming, and they've underperformed too many times this year. They just can't come up in the clutch. And because I think it's a close game, I think that favors Kansas City and the way they play. Um, last game, Monday Night Football Rex
1: Ryan and the Bills, seven point underdog going into New England. This is a tough one because I really like what the Bills do. I, I, I think Tyron Taylor could, could cause a little bit of mishaps against New England. New England is suspect over the middle of the field. I don't know where to go on this one, actually.
0: This is really tricky too for me. I was kinda of going over this too because you wanna say the Bills maybe they're gonna be that, that week one, week two mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills that we come to they love, really, I love watching that team, but then you also have the Buffalo Bills in the tail of two teams right now and I think we all know that. So yeah, I guess I gotta go with New England. Um I don't know what the spread is but I gotta go with New England just because seven you just yeah, seven. Oh well yeah, I think that, that you know, on a night game like this, I just can't see Tom Brady underperforming. He did it once against Kansas City and he knows that he can't with, uh, with, with you know, it just, it's just – it's doing them. That's the bottom line. It's doing them. i got to take
1: them in this game. You know what? I, I think yeah. i got to leave the Bills over here for two reasons. Rex Ryan, like, it, it, even with a bad Jets team, like, he kept those games close against New England. You know, it, like, it, it, he knows how to rattle Tom Brady a little bit more than other people know how to do it. And on top of that, it's Monday Night Football where the weirdest things happen on Monday Night Football year in, year out. So, I'm going with the Bills plus seven, but I'll lean the Patriots win this game. Um, that's it for this week, Joe. Um, uh, with the NFL picks, right? You, you're going to be around for next week. Absolutely, you know it. All right, cool deal. Cool deal. We'll probably knock that one out on Tuesday of next week because next week is, is is the best holiday in my opinion ever, Thanksgiving. That that that's my favorite holiday, Joe. You know, because uh, yeah, uh, I, I I always make it I always make it a five day weekend for my job too, and I start drinking. Beer at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning, and I don't stop till 11 o'clock at night. My family ends up hating me by, like, 8.30 because I'm just belligerent. But I'm a fun belligerent. I just want to hug everybody at that time. But the Bears play. So that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting to see, it. like, like like what kind of drunk I'll be by the end of the night. But anyway, let's not talk about my alcoholic issues. Let's. Talk. <laughs> Thanks, Joe, for coming on this week. Uh, we'll tune it again next week. Have a safe flight, brother. And I'll tell everybody where they can find you.
0: Hey, sounds good. I appreciate you putting up with me and all the background noise here. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Joe Weedra. You know all the good stuff. I got to get out of here. But I appreciate it, G. Have a great weekend. Be good, brother.
1: You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and check out the .dot .com website, G. G. W. E. I'm going to try to do another podcast this week. My schedule has been crazy. It really has. But I got some stuff. Some stuff I just want to talk about. So, y'all bear witness, man. Later.